Mr. Jones. Mrs. Jones. We are back. We are back. Do you want to know what the highlight of this week is? I'm so glad you asked. Let me jump in. Okay. What? Gee, what could it be? The highlight of this week is I have a Tesla. You do? Yeah. Yeah. When Mr. Chris arrived on the scene, he said, like, what's that in your driveway? And I'm like, it's a Tesla. It's the future. My favorite thing was I took a picture of it and sent it to my sisters. And uh, I've got two sisters who are still in the UK. And I sent it late at night. So I woke this morning early. And one of the, the messages from my sister was like, I don't get what I'm looking at. It's a picture of a white car. Why are we excited? <laughs> and then me and Karis, my sister who lives here, whose neighbor has a Tesla, began talking all about the beauties of it. So go on. Ask me why I'm excited about Tesla. Why are you excited about a Tesla, love? It practically drove me home <laughs> Which, as, <laughs> which With on. how much attention you pay when you're driving actually makes me feel slightly better. <laughs> I think that's why I need a Tesla, because... I I have a very, very short attention span. So AJ, for those of you who know, AJ does most of the driving in our relationship for a good reason. Yes, because when we go on road trips, you say things like, I wasn't really paying attention for the last 20 minutes. I don't even know what I was doing. And I'm like, my three children are in the car. Okay, let's swap. I've never had a car accident. And I I guess I I guess something happens when I drive that it still works. But yeah, we need to get Tesla. (laughs) For those of you who are like, yeah, you got a Tesla, that's amazing. I don't have a Tesla. I'm borrowing a Tesla for about 10 days. I have a friend who's um, gone out of town, and and it's purely altruism on my part. I'm looking after and maybe yes. troubleshooting some of the stuff in the oh, car. It's just yes. hugely it's, sacrificial. That's all it is, for yeah. sure. But you I, weren't excited about it for no. like the last several weeks, knowing <laughs> that you were going to get to borrow it for a week. Yeah, I live to give. Yeah. That's just me, just yeah. serving hard. It's amazing, Tesla really. driver. Yeah. So I'm trying to find excuses. I'm like, Jimmy, go to the grocery store. Oh, I'm taking full advantage of this for the next run? week. Because yeah. normally it's like, hey, babe, can you go into And you're like, oh, can you can you go do it? So now I'm going to be like, hey, babe, can you go do? Here's a list of things for you to do in the Tesla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can daddy have them? Um, no. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my sister was like, is that yours? I'm like, yeah, it's like a $120,000 car. No, <laughs> no it it's not, not us. <laughs> But yes, yes, a man can dream. Anything else happened this week? I mean, it's all overshadowed by Tesla. I mean, this is like pandemic life. We didn't eat anywhere. We didn't go anywhere. No, we really didn't. We thought about it. It was nice weather. Yeah. But right now, uh, I wanted to eat outside the other day, but right now we're in carpenter bee season, which they swoop us like they're... They're they're constantly at work. (laughs) But a boom. Oh, my God. I didn't know what carpenter bees were until I got here. Yeah, I didn't either. But they're eating our deck, babe. I don't care. I never go out on it. Okay. Well, you might care eventually. <laughs> don't you buy like those ridiculous traps from Amazon? I have you, traps. And you fill I, with Mountain Dew. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Um, I forgot to empty the dead bees out of it from last season. <laughs> and then I went out a couple of days ago to try and un like unscrew the bottle off the bottom but to it like cease. It's I can't get it. Well, it's all I, sugar and then just hard. No, I don't put sugar in them. You put Mountain Dew in them. I haven't. I did that the first season. What did you put the next? Nothing. Season? They just want to go in there because they're made out of wood and they have little holes in them. It's it's like a it's a carpenter bee tricky trap. Oh. I spray like a hormone on them that the bees want. That's all I do. Do you spray a hormone on me that I want <laughs> to get do, me to do things? <laughs> well, if I do, it's not working that well. <laughs> you just need a Tesla, and then I'll be happy to do those things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Well, that was the easiest weekly recap ever. Mm-hmm. Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. Our topic for this week yes. is, is probably the longest title we've ever had in a podcast. It's called How to See Your Prophetic Words Come to Pass. Can't you make it a little bit longer? Because that's it fine, it kind of sure. felt like a loud letdown you, over there. You try. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just, when you we say, turn it into an when acronym, you say it's, it's the longest title we've ever had, I'm expecting something like epic. Our titles were only like one word. And then I realized that's really hard to condense, you know, what you're talking about into one word. So it's how to see your prophetic words come to pass. Again, this is coming from my lazy market research about what, you you know, what would people read a book about if I wrote one? And this is one of the topics I was like, well, you know what, instead of writing a book about it, we'll just talk about how do you see your prophetic words come to pass? Yes. Before we jump in and talk about how we see our prophetic words come to pass, Two guiding principles, like two overarching principles for everything. Like number one, 90% of prophetic words given today are invitations. Yes. So think about that. It's God saying, hey, do you want to? Right. Yes. And then your prophetic words, generally speaking, indicate the direction that you need to be going in. But it certainly doesn't give the instructions of how to get there. No. Almost never do the instructions come along with it. But I mean, sometimes they do, but largely speaking, it's just a direction. You know, God speaks in vagueness. Like if you, there's so many amazing prophetic words in the Old Testament, especially messianic prophecies, but they could have been way, 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 way more detailed than God chose not to. Not because he's stingy, but because he's inviting us into a relationship and journey and it all unfolds. Yeah, I think it's more about that. Like, I think it's more about God's more about the journey than the destination. Yeah. And we tend to be more about the destination than the journey. Like we almost resent the journey and are just trying to hit the destination. Speak for yourself. I'm all about the oh, scenic yeah. route. And yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. driven just to get where I'm supposed to Watch be Watch for lightning, darling. <laughs> so there you go. Two overarching things to think about with your prophetic words. is that They're invitational, which is a big one. Because mm-hmm. for years I used to think, well, if it's a prophetic word, it will come true. Not realizing I'm supposed to partner with the Lord to bring it about. They're invitational, and they're, while they're directional, they're just merely pointing you like a compass and a way to go. It's not outlaying the steps of, that you need to take. So think about your prophetic words and share with us with some wisdom about how to partner with the Lord to see your prophetic words come to pass. Are you speaking to me? Like, are you- No, our special guest. <laughs> Invisible well, person. Think said, about your prophetic words. You said so. Think about your prophetic, and I thought, oh, you're speaking to those people that are listening, no, as opposed to, to me. My okay, so to me, think about my prophetic words. Got you. Yeah. Well, I think I think because prophecy is an invitation, the first part of it is saying yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's realizing there's usually a yes and an uh, potentially an action that goes with that yes, and I think uh, sometimes the action is. A heart preparation, and sometimes it's practical things. What do you do if you don't know what you're saying yes to? I'm thinking about the prophetic word that we got to move to Nashville. Yes. Like, we'll tell a story in a little bit more detail, but basically, well, I may as well tell a story now. We were, we'd felt from the Lord, looking at our prophetic words, all our prophetic words talked about pastoring and church planting. And so we were like, we're like, we don't know anything about either of those things. And so we just had to talk to John and Carol, our pastors at the time in Toronto. And they said, what do you think God's got for you next? And we said, well, funny you should ask. All our prophetic words say church planning and pastoring. And so John and Carol excitedly said, why don't we all plan a church together in America? And it was a dream come true. I love America. This is when we lived in Canada. I was like, absolutely. 
and John and Carol were like, oh, we really feel like God's doing something in Florida. Why don't you come down to Florida with us and we'll just spend a couple of days praying. And so we went down, we spent a couple of days praying. None of us heard anything. Well, we felt like, yeah, it's not, this, this isn't is not, it. Yeah, yeah. Why are we, why did we come here? Mm-hmm. And we're driving around and then Carol tells a vision that she sees about America, three red pins dropping in America, one in Florida, one in North Carolina, and one in Nashville. And as soon as she says Nashville, we said, well, we'll, we'll do Nashville. We'll do Nashville. <laughs> and they, we could totally feel the Holy Spirit on that. And we all like toasted to the Holy Spirit. And then I left that meeting going, what does we'll do Nashville mean? Like we'd said yes to something, but we didn't know what it was. Right. And it wasn't really our personalities, either one of us, to, without thinking everything through, because we're both very high contemplators, to say something mm-hmm. like, we'll do Nashville. But we both said it like in an instant. Yes. Um, and I also remember getting out of the car right after that whole scenario and you and John went to go park the car and I was holding Abby and I turned to Carol and I said, I know we moved to Nashville. And she said, I know it too. Right. Yeah. But what do you do? Like, like, for example, okay, this is great. I get to ask you what to do. A couple of weeks ago, David Wagner prophesied me at church, prophesied me, prophesied me, (laughs) prophesied over me. About writing books. Yes. Now, in my private devotional life, I've never heard the Lord say, Alan, write a book. So I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting David missed it at all. I've had several prophetic words about writing a book. And when yes. I asked the Lord, hey, Lord, I'm open to writing a book. I just need to know what you would like me to write about it and when. What do you want me to say no to so I can say yes to that? And I hear nothing about it. So it's not something that's the front of my schedule of things to do. I've not ignored it. I'm praying about it. But so it's invitational, and I'm saying, yeah, I'm happy to write a book. I don't know what to write a book about or when, and I don't want to try and force something or make it happen. What What am I doing wrong? Well, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think I love that you are you have a yes, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes if, if the Lord isn't giving you write a book about this and the Lord's saying write a book, then my next question would be, what are you passionate about right now? Like, what do you feel like the Holy Spirit riding on, as it were, mm-hmm. that He's writing in a you, Tesla. You could P one hundred D with ludicrous mode. That's what I should write about. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Holy Spirit. I see. Okay. Uh, so I would say, like, well, I know you have a number of different uh, topics that you're particularly passionate about that you could write about, and I would say, often when the Lord is offering something, He's also saying, "What do you want to do?" Mm-hmm. So I would look at that as well. Like, well, what? What are you excited? What would you yeah. be excited about writing about? Because yeah. if he's not giving you a specific topic, then anything is obedience. Wow. Okay. So saying yes is important. Yes. What about if you don't like what the prophetic word says? Do you still have to say yes? Or can you like massage it with God into something you want it to be? Uh, well, I mean, you never have to say yes to God. It's just not smart not to. Yeah. I'm thinking about when... when uh, you know, one of the clearest prophetic words I've ever had in my life is the Lord spoke to me. I had just, I had just finished university. I was praying about what to do next. I'd been given a job offer. I turned it down because I felt the Lord really clearly said to me, turn down, you know. And I it was like your dream it. job. Dream job. And uh, so then the obvious question would be, well, Lord, if you're saying no to that, what are you saying yes to? And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out. I, I remember I was running around a park in Edinburgh, Scotland. And as I got to one part of the meadows that's the name like of the park you weren't running because somebody was chasing no, was you but jogging. you were just jo- yeah i've jogging. never known you to jog so i, I just wanted to w- know why <laughs> why you were running 
Sorry. I was out jogging. Yes, yes, jogging. And I hear as clear as anything as I've ever heard in my life. I hear near audibly, I want you to be a teacher. And I remember just laughing out loud. And I remember saying, Lord, Lord, I, I don't, I barely like humans. Like, I certainly don't like children. Like, and I just kind of ignored it. And I kept praying and praying and praying. After a couple of weeks, I felt like the Lord said to me, I've already told you what I want you to be. Why don't you ask me for the next steps? So, you know, and today, like, I'm predominantly known as a teacher. Yeah. And it all started back then, years and years and years ago, saying yes to something I didn't want so to do. So there's a good hint. What do you do next? You ask the Lord for what the next steps are. Because I don't think you can come up with a method for these are the next steps for following yeah. your prophetic word. Because every prophetic word gets followed differently. Okay. Because so it's about the journey. Done. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Thanks so much have for a nice listening. Time Just and, ask the you know, Lord. Have a fun. great week. And- but seriously, what are some of the other ingredients then? I mean, you make a great point. Yeah. There is not a cookie cutter way. And this isn't about like how to make your prophetic words come true, because sometimes your prophetic words are there to test you. And it talks about, you know, the word of the Lord came to Joseph until the time of testing was done. So sometimes the reason they're not happening fast enough, fast enough, is because God's working at something else so that it's in your life, so that the word can come to pass. Yeah. Have you ever had those moments where you're like, but God, you've, I've been waiting 20 years for this. And, you know, it's not that God's forgotten. It's not that he's lazy. It's just there's he's doing there's something to bring to it around. Yeah. I would say, I mean, there's a bunch of different, and you can debate, I suppose, whether it's practical or, or spiritual, but like stuff like, you know, praying it through, pray, like praying, praying the word back to God, um, bringing it to wise people who uh and and just laying it before them like hey this is the prophetic word i got this is as i journal about it as i process as i pray this is what i feel like i'm hearing you know me Mm -hmm. you're further along in life would you speak into this you know like inviting uh your community and i'd probably say like your moms and dads yeah your spiritual leaders people who are safe to you yeah invested in your life yeah into the process of Hey, I feel like I have this invitation from God. What do you see? What do I, what do I not see? Right. You know, all that kind of stuff. I think prayer is so important. There's a brilliant passage. It's one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. I, I wrote it down. It's in Second uh, Samuel 7, where David, King David, gets the most amazing prophetic word from Nathan. You know, it's when Nathan comes and says, hey, God's going to give you a son. His kingdom's never going to end. You know, I want to build a temple. He will. He's going to give you an everlasting dynasty. It's going to be incredible. This phenomenal prophetic word that David gets from Nathan. Mm -hmm. And it it ends in verse 17, where it says, Nathan uh, reported to David all the words of the entire revelation. Very next verse, verse 18. Then David went in and sat before the Lord. And if you read it, David just speaks back to the Lord everything that the Lord has said to me. Praise it back. And we've made that our habit for years and years and years when we've got prophetic words that seem seem to take us by surprise, seem too good to be true seem outside of our realm of what we are praying for and thinking of. It's like an all hands on deck. You know, we, we've told this story before. Patricia King came a number of years ago and gave arguably one of the, you know, there's been a couple of words in my life that stood out to me. Graham Cook's Isaiah 61, favorable year of the word, favorable Lord. year of the Lord word. And when Patricia King came, she gave our church four words, not the church, but the people in the church. You can smile at your future, a hundredfold blessing, um, the Lord will greatly bless your seed. And what was the fourth one? Increase your tent pigs. Uh, no, it was it, it, and it was all about expansion. Yeah. And there was four things, four yeah. scriptures. We came home, we write, wrote them on our mirrors, put them as the wallpaper on our tablets and our phones. And 
we would just sorry, just declaring. We it. just yeah, not just declaring, but praying it back. And we used that prophetic word as a signpost for where God wanted to take us. And you've got to remember that the 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 reason for the prophetic is God calls things that are not as so they. I can't even speak. God calls things that are not as though they were, or as though they are rather. And so all those words we're talking about abundance and fruitfulness and financial blessing. And in the season that we got that word, there was none of it. So we were using that prophetic word to understand where God was wanting to take us so we could partner with with that understanding. And that was our, our whole prayer thing. There was something you said just a minute before you went into the word from Patricia King yeah. that made me think also, there's this uh, thought out there, which I don't agree with, but a thought out there that you're never going to hear in a prophetic word something that you haven't already heard from the Lord. And I don't know how many times I've heard that from different people where they're like, right. well, you know, if you get this crazy word and it doesn't really register with you or you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. It's probably not God because God would talk to you about it first. And uh, I, I, well, I don't see that in scripture, but uh, I, yeah. that hasn't been my experience either. Right. More, more often God has through other people, like trusted prophets mm-hmm. brought a word where I'm like, oh, I don't only not not see that in myself, but I don't want to do that. Right. You know, but still bringing it to the Lord and saying, Lord, if this is you and this is an invitation, would you get my heart in line with what it is mm-hmm. that you have for me so that my yes can be like a powerful yes rather than a reluctant yes? And for me, every time it, it has been me who didn't know, not the prophetic voices who were off. If you think about it, you've always got to hear something for the first time. Yes. Like the notion that God's never going to tell you anything new is like, how are you going to grow? No, no, no. I get it. But what I've heard is he's always going to tell you first, not somebody else. It's always going to be confirmation. confirmation. It's never like new revelation. And uh, that hasn't been my experience at all. No, I can see. I can point to both examples in my life. Right. But yeah, I think of the biblical examples. Yeah. You know, when when Saul was out looking for his uncle's donkeys, he wasn't expecting to be the hope of all of Israel. And that was the very first word that, you know. Yeah. Samuel gave him. So right. it's like, oh, yeah, okay. So praying, praying's a big deal. Big deal. Really big praying deal. Praying it back to God, re- returning it to him. And then asking yeah. for, you know, wisdom, asking for insight for sure. Mm-hmm. I like, we just talked about confirmation and like, you know, new things. I do like getting confirmations on my word. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul, I think, where is it? Romans, no, Second Corinthians 13.1. He quotes an Old Testament principle that every matter be established by two or three witnesses. And for me, anytime there's a big, like right now, we, AJ and I are sitting on a massive prophetic word, not to be cryptic. Ooh. Ooh. We, we are, but we're sitting on we a are. life I was just thinking about that. Yeah. prophetic word uh, that we are currently seeking out. Well, we're doing everything we're talking well, about. Well, we've we're done praying. the process. We, we've both had dreams. Yep. Uh, we've both journaled about it. We've, we've both, both had prophetic words about it. We've both heard from the Lord uh, through, through journaling. We've had prophetic words, mm-hmm. and now we're actually bringing it to... Trusted people. Our, our trusted people that are our usual people who know us, who have done life with us and yeah. saying, hey, can you speak into this? You know, what are you hearing from the Lord? Yeah. What, you know, what do we not see? But well, what's funny is, do you want to tell us, I mean, without talking about what it is, because we'll do that later. Yeah. Right. Um, later in the future, not later in this episode. Not this episode. 
do you want to talk about what happened when Wagner was at church and you were asking for a confirmation from the Lord? Oh, it was really funny, actually, because it was just a few weeks ago. And uh, Jeff ended up last minute not being able to uh, speak on the Sunday morning and we were on vacation. And so I showed up Sunday morning and uh, Jeff's car wasn't there. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Anyway, went inside and Tony said, you know, sure enough, Jeff's had to go and take care of a family uh, issue. And so David Wagner is coming in. And I was so I was st- on the front row, and and I don't I, honestly I, I can honestly say I don't do this like I don't do that. Oh, I, f- I hope I get a prophetic word. I do it all the time, which is probably why I get so many prophetic Ooh, words. It might be. I'm constantly. Are you kidding me? Anytime I, a prophet's in town, I'm like, Lord, pick me, pick me, unashamedly. Really? I are you kidding me? I always want a word from the Lord. Okay. Always. I'm I, I don't. I don't usually. You're way more spiritual than me, but for uh, me, I'm pulling oh, on well, everybody's head. I don't know that I'm more. You're so funny. Anyway, but I'm standing there and I'm just like, oh, Father, I would love a prophetic word from David about this thing that we're processing. And the Lord was just super sweet. You could almost feel the smile in it, but he was like, you already have one. And it, he reminded me of a, a prophetic word about exactly this thing from David about seven years ago. And if I'm not wrong, it was maybe the first word of the whole thing. It was. Yeah. yeah. We hadn't heard it at all. Yeah. He was the first person to give us that word. And we were sort of like, oh, you missed it. Yeah. You're so sweet, you're though. You're adorable. so good. And, you you know, normally you're, you're really, so you know, kind bang and on. sweet. But poor David, he missed it. And then we're like, yeah, he didn't miss it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then when we brought it up with some of our community that we're processing with mm-hmm. right now, uh, one of one of those people was like, hey, do you remember that word that David gave you? And we oh, were right. like, yep, yeah. we remember. So um, getting confirmations is good, yeah. es- especially I don't think you need a confirmation for every single thing, but like for big life decisions. Yeah. But can we qualify confirmations? Because I've yes. heard people. This is do, where we get to air all our pet Do peeve. this. This is a pet peeve do this. Like I need a prophetic AJ. I need a prophetic Alan. I need a prophetic confirmation. This is what I feel like the Lord said. Da, 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 da. Yes. Right. That's, Let me tell you everything. And then you agree or disagree. That's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about waiting for the Lord to speak through another voice without you prompting that voice, without you giving them the information about what you want confirmation about. Right. And just looking for Lord, if you've spoken it once, will you speak it again? How about this dynamic, which I've done in my own life so many times, but also as I've pastored people, I've heard people do this again and again and again, where that whole thing of we often want the word to mean what we want it to mean of instead of being willing to hear what God actually wants it to mean. Yeah. So real time, like when the Lord told me, Alan, I want you to be a teacher, I was so horrified at the thought of being a teacher like when he said, I want you to be a teacher, instantly I went to school teacher and and so swiftly kicked that away from. And at the time I was a super nerd. And I was like, by teacher, you mean a certified Microsoft trainer. Wait, yeah, wait, I get can we it. qualify at the time you were a super nerd? <laughs> As in I derived my income oh. from okay. IT, okay. whereas now I'm just, you know, I'm not you're a professional a, nerd. You're I'm a nerd a, for fun. I'm a hobbyist nerd. But that whole thing was like, it was so abhorrent to me to think about me being a school teacher. Like, get back. Oh, oh, oh. Unwashed masses. You know? Yeah. I just tried to interpret it in the most palatable way. Like, I guess a, you know, Microsoft consultant would be classed as a teacher. 
But we, I, I, I've made that mistake over and over and over and over and over again. And I've watched other people try and massage. And sometimes the reason for the delay of our prophetic words being fulfilled is, is it's my will be done, not yours. Yeah. Yeah. We're full of good news today. So the other thing you can do is start taking baby steps towards whatever the goal is. So whatever your prophetic words are pointing towards, are there practical steps right. that you can do to equip yourself and be more prepared for when that door does open. Yeah, like dipping your toe in the water. Yeah. I was in school with somebody. When I was in Toronto, I did a school of ministry. I was in a school, and I remember talking to somebody, and they had got a prophetic word that they were going to lead a megachurch. And I was like, that's that's awesome. And I was catching up with him uh, sometime later, and uh, you know, going back to his church, and I was asking how things were going, and you know, you're doing your prophetic words and all that sort of stuff. And the only opportunity available to him at church was to uh, help in the children's ministry. And his reasoning was, well, that's not what I'm called to. I'm called to lead a megachurch. And I think it was you that pointed out, uh, you know, John Arnott, who's been leading a worldwide revival. Uh, yeah, he started his ministry in children's church. Because he was asked. They had a, right. they, they needed somebody, and so he decided to start in children's. And our friend David Campbell's got this great saying. He said, you know, if you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. Mm -hmm. And it's so important. God rarely skips the elementary to make you an expert. Rarely does he ever just, you know, one, two, miss a few, 99, 100. It's Zechariah 410 about, you know, don't despise a day of small beginnings. Yeah. And I, I can trace that in my own life. Like, uh, you know, I started as a school teacher, and then I got opportunities to, to teach in my church, literally doing a children's talk. I remember doing a children's talk, and I call it Double O Heaven. And you dressed up like an angel? Dressed up as an angel. I yeah. love that video. All right. And then, you know, then, you know, went to school to become a teacher, then taught and then got opportunities to teach on children's camps. Shout out Maranatha camp. And then uh, got opportunities to teach in school. I, I was just thinking about this week. I went to school as a student, but I taught a, a class on mind mapping when I was in school. Then got opportunities to speak at Toronto, then married you or then traveled with John, got opportunities to share, then married you, started as an itinerant. And now largely, like I said, I'm known as a teacher. teacher. But I didn't go from, you know, running around the park and the Lord's like, yay, I want to send you around the world as a teacher to people. Like, that didn't happen in between it. There was lots of stuff that I was just horrified by and didn't want to do. Yeah. Well, and mine's the same. Like, I started by teaching a small group of, of three you teenage girls. You started by throwing up before teaching. Well, this, the small group I didn't vomit before because oh, I was like, you know, three you or four girls. Your well, I still got super nervous. Yeah. And then I started, uh, yeah, just teaching the youth every once in a while and I would vomit and I'm telling you nobody wants to see those videos I mean not that I vomited on video but just Chris find that please on <laughs> on YouTube we need, we need that stat it wasn't good teaching let's just say that okay um yeah so I mean my my start in terms of stepping out in obedience looked pretty rough like it didn't look it looked like God got it wrong mm -hmm. really like God really shouldn't have well, called me to this. Tell that conversation that you had with John after about like the 10th prophet called you out about speaking in stadiums and traveling around the world. Well, it was after the fifth. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was standing next to uh, John and it, again, all, all five of these had been from the platform in front of everybody in our church. And uh, anyway, I'm standing next to John and the fifth one, I can't remember which prophet it was that was the fifth one. Uh, but basically said, you know, I see the Lord using your life to restore others and you're going to be traveling around the world and you're going to be speaking in stadiums and all this kind of stuff. And incidentally, still haven't spoken in a stadium. So that's still yet to happen. 
But I was like, you know, listening. And in this, in me at the time, I hadn't even started speaking at youth, got nervous talking to two people at once. I kind of wanted to be a lawyer or, you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't want to be in ministry and I didn't like travel. And so everything about that word felt to me like, no, you, you guys all missed it. Mm-hmm. Like all five of you. Prophets. And so John's like, well, AJ, what do you think what about do you that? Think then? About that? And you said, I said, John, I think they're all smoking the same drugs. <laughs> and he just laughed. He's like, oh, AJ. And uh, but then a couple of months later, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was speaking in a stadium. And because the Lord had always gotten my attention through dreams, mm-hmm. uh, I remember waking up and saying, well, Lord, you've got a lot of work to do if this is what you have for me, because I don't know how to do anything mm-hmm. that you're asking me to do but I'll say yes. Uh, But that's also part of why I say like, I got five prophetic words that I thought were all off before I ever heard from the Lord myself. And it was a year before Mm -hmm. I had that dream. So, you know, I, I think everybody's journey with the prophetic is different. I think that's part of what's, what's beautiful about it. And then I also think the Lord's great at waiting for your response. And if it takes you a year, that's, that's fine. If it takes you 10, you know, Mm -hmm. it's still there. It's still, it's still, waiting for fulfillment. Maybe the most sobering story I think I've ever heard about the prophetic is Reinhard Bonnke's. Yes. You know, for those of you who know Reinhard, he's now with the Lord, but Reinhard Bonnke, great evangelist to Africa. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I'm an incredible man. But in his autobiography, he talks about being called and the Lord woke him up and he called him to be, um, you know, an evangelist to, to Africa. Uh, and he was, you know, he was humbled by the Lord asking him and he said, Lord, why me? And he said, one and two said no. And I just think about the people I can't who imagine. said no. And, and that's the fear of the Lord for me of like, I, when my you think whole, about the millions of people that are probably in the kingdom because of Reinhard Bonnke and two people said no. Could have been somebody else's testimony. And, that and that's the amazing thing. The Lord will accomplish what he's going to accomplish. And yeah. he's looking for partners. He's looking for laborers. And, and amazing, he doesn't need us. He's got angels who do his bidding, but he loves to work with us. He loves to partner with us. Yeah. And I love the journey of the prophetic. Yeah. Even while we're in the middle of that journey. Yeah, right, right now. now. I think, too, like thinking about baby steps, things like there's there's tons of practical things that are baby steps to get ready. And it mm-hmm. depends on what your prophetic word is. But they might be things like if if you feel like the Lord is speaking to you about travel and your words are about that, get your passport. Right. Like, like do the stuff that actually sets you up so that your yes can be immediate when the door opens as yeah. opposed to going, oh, man, I wish I had listened. Yeah. And if I had, I would have actually already, you know, gotten my passport. Or mm-hmm. like for me, before I really started traveling, speaking, I had already written 30 sermons. And the only reason I'd done that is because between listening to a Joyce Meyer tape about using the silent years to prepare you for the next season, uh, which I listened to this tape over and over again until the tape broke, and Patricia King saying, get ready, like get sermons ready. I had written 30 sermons before I started traveling. But when I started traveling, everything happened so fast and I had some things ready, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so I think some of your yes can be a yes right now, uh, you know, practically. Also heart stuff. Right. Like, go after your stuff. Go after your stuff. If you're aware that you have things that you are hiding from, that you have, you know, big owies that are still eating your lunch, 
go see a counselor, get some prayer ministry, go Mm -hmm. do whatever you need to do so that your heart is ready. Because usually once you get going in a vision, that's not the time to slow down and start taking care of that. Like it, it, it could really hinder you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was thinking about the the whole thing of sometimes we ignore the practical because it doesn't feel like it's spiritual. Uh, but like you say, it's so important. I remember when we got that word from David Wagner about you know you you ask yourself, can I go to Iceland for the weekend? Can I go to Europe for the weekend? Is what he asked us, and he told us we'd go back to Iceland. Well, we had kids, we'd stop traveling. MJ was like. We Little. Even, I don't think I even had a passport. I mean, I think it expired. And I remember coming home that night and start, starting all the paperwork for that. And uh, and we did a couple of months later get an invitation to go for the I weekend. Think was, I think to it was Iceland. a couple of years later. I think it was a longer gap. But was I remember it? we were on the airplane. Yeah. And I remember David had contacted us because you know we knew we were flying, and he gave us some vouchers to get into the you know the Delta Lounge because we had no status at all. And I remember the word, you know, you will say, because I think I said, can you believe we're going to Iceland for the weekend? And I was like, oh, my gosh, David literally prophesied that we would say that, you know, a couple of years before. So amazing. Amazing. Other thing to consider is that your revelation will be progressive. Like Mm -hmm. the, the more you walk towards walking out your prophetic word, typically the greater clarity you get as you move towards it. So our word started out as, church planning and, and pastoring. And in one sense, we haven't planted any churches. So they missed it. But if you think about it, most of what we've done since being here is planting, starting new things, whether mm-hmm. it's the Encounter Weekend, whether it's m whether it's the School of Supernatural Life, whether it's a new members class, you know, whatever it is, right. we've been planting and building at Grace Center. And, you know, I, I, my objection to being a pastor was like, Lord, I don't want to be a pastor. And the Lord's like, what if you've got a very dim view of pastoring? What if I actually want you to redefine what it looks like for you rather than you having to fit into a model? Yeah, what if you get to be you pastoring rather than you have to look like a certain way yeah. to be a pastor? And and now in hindsight, looking back 12 years, you know, going on 13 yeah. years as we look back, we're like, all of our prophetic words wait, make way more sense now than they, they did do, going into they? it. Yeah. Yeah. But I also even think, you know, I was talking about that progression of like being a, a student, being a school teacher being a teacher on a kid's camp, being an itinerant speaker, you know, having a fivefold gift of teaching. Like God said, I want you to be a teacher. The most predominant gift that people usually recognize in my life is a teacher. But that did not happen overnight. No. And now it's easy to see, oh, yeah, of course God called me to be a teacher. That was way back then. But my limited interpretation was you want me to be a school teacher. And then expanded and expanded and expanded. But also you were faithful to do each season. And I think that that is a huge key as well, is to whatever season God has you in, in the midst of walking out your prophetic word, to to be content in your season and be faithful in your season until God moves you to the next season. I think it's important. I, I was speaking to a friend this week about uh, prophetic ministry, about giving prophetic words, not about receiving prophetic words. And I was reminiscing about John Paul Jackson, one of my heroes, who's now with the Lord, tremendous prophet, great, great teacher. And he was teaching about prophetic ministry. And he was saying the biggest mistake people make in the prophetic is at the interpretation stage. Like they get it wrong. The revelation is usually good, but they misinterpret what the Lord's saying. And so I was thinking about that and I was like, yeah, that's probably the biggest mistake, not only in the giving of prophetic words, But in us trying to walk them out, we think too quickly we know what the word means. Mm -hmm. 
And if we don't fail at the interpretative fail, if we don't get it wrong at the interpretation stage, we tend to get it wrong at the timing stage. Yeah. Either moving too quickly, moving too slowly, or being frustrated that God is not moving faster. And I think about our journey here in like one sense. We got, I still, it blows my mind. We got our visas to come to America in one day. Yes. Like unheard of in one day. And the other thing, it took us, uh, how long to get our green card? Like a year and a half? Like something like that? It was, yeah, it was much longer, obviously. You know, both, both things were essential for us where we are. And, you know, God moves in seasons and sometimes he moves in suddenlies and sometimes he moves in seasons. And we've got to be okay with that. Um, Either way, I think whether it's the interpretation or the timing thing, the key to getting through that is to have your ear as close as you can to the Father. Like, what are you doing? What are you saying? And that's that's just pivotal. Yeah. I concur. Any other thoughts on prophetic walking out your, your what do we call this? The world's longest tile? How to see your prophetic words come to pass? Anything else that we haven't addressed that you think would be good? I, I think just probably just stay teachable in the process. Mm-hmm keep you know start the process by letting people speak into your life keep letting them speak into your life Mm -hmm. like you know because you at one point you'll arrive in whatever the current prophetic word is and usually that's about the time that you start to walk towards the next thing because you know god tends to lead us in in bits and starts because if he told us the end from the beginning we'd probably be Mm -hmm. too terrified to start towards it in the first place you know Mm -hmm. but i think you need to be teachable throughout the whole process Mm-hmm. Um, both the Lord being able to teach you, but those in, in community with you. Yeah, I think the other thing I would probably add to my own question would be don't confuse your identity with your prophetic word. Yes. Like, like there's so much other rich, beautiful stuff going on in your life than your prophetic word being fulfilled. Like the Lord who gave it will be faithful to bring you to maturity, to see that his word is fulfilled. Yes. And I'm not suggesting you just put it on the shelf and just get on with the rest of your life. I'm, I'm like, bring it to you. But it, your prophetic words can't be the most interesting thing about you. Yes. Like, that has to be your relationship with Jesus. Like, the thing right. that's, that you're going to give away to most people is your intimate, deep connection with Jesus. Like, pursue that and build that. Like, not that you're frustrated that people are in your way of getting your prophetic word. Because people aren't. And, and, Nobody and is. God is the ultimate dispenser of uh, our future. I think my, yeah, and my last thing was this. I just, it just went in my head. I don't believe anybody can steal your destiny from you. So I don't think you have to worry about, It's not you know, a competition. It's not a competition. You know, as long as you are saying yes to God and being faithful with what's in front of you right now, you're headed in the right direction to so just head on with God. And yeah, don't worry about what the person next to you is doing. Bingo. Yeah. All right, if you've got any questions about, prophetic walking out your prophetic words shoot us a question you go to alanandaj.com slash ask and speaking of listeners questions we actually have one this week and so i'm i'm going to ask you the question mr jones hit me all right so the question basically is uh what do you do when you see leaders that you trust you know in the kingdom that are saying things or doing things that just you don't understand that don't line up with who you know them to be or or how you understand the kingdom? Yeah, I've probably answered that question more than any other question in this recent season. Like people, I, I taught a series at Grace Center on um, kingdom perspectives of, of what's going on in America. We just had our election and got a new president. And during that transition, I, so anyway, I did a four-part series on that. And one of the things I did was answer questions and answers. I actually didn't get to answer this question. This was a question that was sent in. At that point, I've had people approach me privately, say, can you help me understand? 
And the gist is, what do you do when you're following, say, on social media, somebody that has helped you greatly, tremendously, you know, you really look up to, and they're a Christian leader that are either the way they're saying something seems like unchristlike to you, or they're holding a political view that you can't reconcile, or they're having an opinion about something going on, and you're like, ah, you know, you're betraying who I know you to be. And there's so much good stuff to unpack in that, like, you know, the possibility that you've built them into something that they're not, and they're not hostage to how you see them. I mean, that's one way of answering it. But really, the heartbeat is like, I trust these people. Do I need to ignore everything else they've said when they're saying this stuff? And I was praying about that because I've had my own fair share of that, where you're just like, uh, did you mean to post that publicly on social media? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, was is, is that what you wanted to say? And as I was praying about it, I heard the Lord quote that verse that, that the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, emulate me as I emulate Christ. And this is what I felt like the Father said to me. It's like, Alan, you need to emulate them only in the areas that you see them emulating Christ. And in the areas where they're not emulating Christ, remember they are but dust. You know, they're, we're all human we're all and human, we all, all still have our, yeah. We all have yeah. bad days where we say inappropriate things or we, you know, like this past season, it's been an exercise of discipline of me holding my tongue on social media because I want to be quick-witted, i.e. I want to be passive-aggressive. I don't want to be present with my like, feelings. Quick-witted, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> I want to shut down people. I, I, you know, I don't like what they're saying without having to engage with them, right? And I'm not going to do that because it never produces anything kind. So I'm having to hold my tongue. There's been times when I've let it slip and I've posted things I later regret. And so there's, you know, a delete button for that. But that's what you do. Like you're not, you know, if you're not their judge, you're not their keeper. And, and, you know, remember in this season, everyone is on edge. Everyone's running out of, you know, energy and kindness and empathy and all that sort of stuff. But just remember, we're only to emulate people as we see them emulate Christ. And so if they're not emulating Christ, you know what, don't judge them we're all human. We're all having, you know, our own experiences, good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. And I think also we as humans tend to move towards judgment super fast and we actually rarely know what's going on in another person's heart. So we need to be a bit more cautious about that in the first place anyway. One of my favorite lines I've ever heard Bill Johnson say, we're at our dumbest when we think we know the motives of another person's heart. Yeah. And so, you know, practice, practice the, the ancient Hungarian saying of not my circus, not my monkeys. Oh, okay. Like you're, yeah. I'm not responsible for their Twitter feed, so I don't need to lose sleep over it. Things to live your life by. Those Hungarians, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> Babe, good answer. Thank you. You're welcome. If you have a question that you would like to ask, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. Yeah. This episode was made possible by the generous support of the members of this podcast. Our members of the podcast get discounts on all of our products. They also get the video access to uh, the podcast, which you don't want to miss because this week AJ's dressed up as Abraham Lincoln and I'm in an Iron Man suit and you've got to see it to believe it. It is beautiful. If you want to become a member, go to alanandaj.com slash membership for all the information, all the details about what you get as a member. And if you want the show notes for this episode, go to alanandaj.com slash 233. Have a great week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. 
from Franklin, Tennessee. They are just like you and me. Alan yeah. and AJ. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. Sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.